Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN with Michelle Smallman. I am Randy Carriker, and it's time for our Blues booth. And we head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. And our friend, the TV voice of the Blues on FS Midwest, John Kelly, joins us. JK, good to have you with us. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, doing fine, Randy. How are you guys today? Everything's good. And I want to start with this because uh, you participated in a study last week. You donated plasma. uh, And as you overcame the coronavirus, I'm sure that they wanted to learn about your body. Take us through that experience. What were they trying to find out and what did you have to do? Well, I just, you know, donated blood. And it's, it's a rather simple procedure. It takes about two hours total. Um, you know, what they do is it's quite amazing with the technology, Randy, and I'm sure it's been around for a while, but, you know, they, they take the blood out of, out of one of your arms and it goes through a machine and that extracts your, I think, I believe it's your platelets in your plasma. And then it goes back into your body via your other arm. And, you know, as I said, it takes around two hours. It's, it's painless, except for, you know, when they put the needle in, which is not a big deal, even for someone who is as wimpy as me. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's it's a study that Washington University is doing, and I know there are a lot of studies like it around the country and perhaps around the world. So, you know, they feel, obviously, Randy, that if, if you get somebody's plasma who has the antibodies to the coronavirus, then that can help um, those particular people get better. So, you know, when someone asked me to do it, it was a friend of mine from WashU. I, I volunteered and... Uh, it was an easy procedure, and if I can make somebody better or perhaps save a life, then that's fantastic. Absolutely, John. So before we welcomed you into the conversation, Randy and I were talking about The Last Dance, the ESPN docuseries on Michael Jordan and the 90s Bulls, and we were talking about moments of greatness that Randy and I had witnessed in the, in the commercial break. And I'm just curious, as a broadcaster, as a fan, doesn't have to be hockey, what's one moment, moment of greatness that you can remember witnessing in sports, just an individual performance of greatness? Wow, that's a tough question. <laughs> I'm an old guy, as you know, Michelle, so I've, I've seen a lot. Um, you know, personally, um, I would have to say David Freeze's um, two home run game in, I guess it was the 06 World Series. Is that right, Randy? 11. And Michelle? 2011. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was in Canada watching that game on TV, and it was, I would say, it was the greatest sporting event I've ever seen. Hmm. And, you know, I know that David Freeze, you know, is not a Hall of Famer and had a good career and a local boy. But, you know, that performance that night to me was it was obviously so clutch 
And it was just an amazing game and an amazing performance by David Free. So I would pick that one. J.K., one that I know you'll remember, and it was kind of Jordan-esque, was that 1988 NHL All-Star game here where Mario had three goals, three assists, including the winner. And here are all the best players in hockey, and Mario dominated that game. Yeah, um, I wasn't at the game, Randy. Uh, I know my dad broadcast the game and introduced the players, but yeah, that was obviously an amazing performance by one of the greatest players in NHL history. So, but well, you know, you asked me a question like that, I could I could go to the '86 Masters and and remember watching it on TV when my idol Jack Nicklaus won the Green Jacket. I mean, that to me is one of the greatest accomplishments in the history of sports. Um, I'm not sure exactly how old he was at the time, maybe 46 or 44. Um, you know, to me, that really that really sticks out as well when Nicholas won the green jacket in 86. John, we're all fiending for sports. We are reading every update that we're getting from the various leagues about the potential plans they have to return sports to America. And for the NHL, the latest plan is about the hub cities and how different cities would serve as hosts to every team. Uh, in your opinion, what would make a really great hub city or which city would, outside of St. Louis do you think would be a great place for the NHL to bring hockey back to America? Well, in the Central Division, Michelle, I think that Minnesota would be a very good hub city. Um, there's a hotel right across the the street, basically, from XL Energy Center, and there are numerous hotels in, in St. Paul, and, and Minneapolis is only, you know, 15 minutes away by by, by uh, car. So, you know, the rink is, is uh, one of the newer rinks in the NHL. It's fantastic. I believe they have the locker room capabilities. They, they've said that they need at least four NHL locker rooms to to host the teams. So I would think that you know the Twin Cities would be a very good place. They've mentioned Dallas, but I don't quite honestly know a lot about you know where the practice rinks are in Dallas and things like that. Um, obviously, American Airlines Center is a very you know up to date arena. It's it's beautiful. It's right downtown. They have a ton of hotel space. But there's a lot of different criteria. But I think we all know that the number one criteria is, is going to be, you know, how prevalent is the coronavirus in that particular city at the time when they're hoping to play. So it, it really is up to the authorities and the, the counties and the cities to see if, if they'll allow us to play in those particular cities. But uh, off the top of my head in the central, I'd love to see it obviously in St. Louis at Enterprise Center. Um, but if it's not there, I think Minnesota would be a great place. J.K., obviously safety from the coronavirus is a huge concern, but hockey is unusual because hockey players, they're skating in August, a month before training camp starts, and they really don't spend an awful lot of time off the ice. Now they've been off the ice, heck, for a couple of months. It'll be interesting to see, and I hope there is a way to protect against injuries, but it'll be interesting to see how a plan working up to the start of games looks. Yeah, and there are just so many questions right now, Randy. Um, as we know that the border between the United States and Canada right now is not open except for essential travel. And I, I saw something yesterday from a government official saying that, you know, if we were to say the players come back today, well, could a player like David Perron, who might be in Sherbrooke, Quebec, would he be allowed to travel back to St. Louis? Because would that be considered essential travel? So at that point, at this point, rather, I don't know. Now, things could change in a week or two or a month, but that's, that's number one. You know, if they're going to start these informal workouts and, 
in mid to late May, then it's quite obvious you got to get the players back. And that's not even taking into consideration the players that have gone home to Europe. So there are a lot of hurdles to overcome, but it's, I think they're going to take it day by day, week by week, and see where they are. Um, but, you know, obviously it's very unique, Randy, because the players, as far as we know, they aren't skating. But I do remember, Randy, back in the 12-13 lockout, you know, I don't think they had that long a training camp. I'm going to say maybe uh, 10 days or so. Um, but the difference is obviously during that time, the players could skate. So that's the big thing. Now, I think the players are going to come back, you know, say they come back in early June and have a camp. I think overall they'll be in very good shape because these guys are, are great athletes and they're so in tune with their bodies and, and nutrition and things like that. I think they'll be in good shape, but they won't be in skating shape, and that's the difference. So, you know, it's sort of obviously uncharted territory as far as players coming back and working out and not really having skated. So they're going to have to be careful and obviously take the concern of the players. Um, That will be first and foremost, no question. John Kelly, good to hear your voice. Glad you're feeling well. Thanks so much for the time, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks for having me. Appreciate it.